Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor, Pastor Greg Black and Karen, would you just come up here for just a moment? Amen. We are so blessed to have these folks as part of our church. Um, and uh, it's my pleasure to uh, introduce them to you. They are going to be joining us um, as staff on a part-time basis. We understand they're still retired, and uh, they want to do retired things. But uh, we're so grateful. Uh, this was a, um, a position that we have been praying about. Um, myself, felt like God dropped this into my heart several months ago, and we have been praying about this and seeking the Lord about this. And about two months ago, God just began to speak into my heart about Greg and Karen, Pastor Greg and Karen Black. And, and I just, I, going into that, just prayed into that. We talked with our board about that. And uh, then I had a meeting with them, and they were just super excited about the possibilities of serving. One thing I'll tell you about Pastor, Pastor Black and Karen is this. Um, they bring a lot of experience to the table of ministry and what God has done. And not only that. They bring a heart and a love and a compassion for the church that is so incredible. And uh, not only the church big, but this church. This is home for them. And, and we're so excited to have them on board. Um, and uh, he's going to be filling some roles for us. He's going to help us with visitation. He's going to help us with 50-plus uh, ministry. And there's a clause in everybody that works for me's contract that says this, anything else the pastor asks me to do. Uh, just so that he's aware of that publicly right now. Amen. So, so we want to pray for them and just uh, ask the Lord to, uh, to bless them. We're so excited again uh, to bring them on and, and to have them join us on our staff. Church, will you stretch your hands this way? Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the call of God. We thank you for servants who are willing to, uh, to be used by you. And God, today, I thank you for my brother. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Black, for, for Karen. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just anoint them and use them, God, to, to see great things happen in the kingdom at Byesville Assembly of God and in this area. God, I thank you for their friendship. I thank you, God, for uh, the great things that you are going to do as we work together to see the kingdom of God built here. And we give you glory and honor and praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Also, would encourage you, please, to be in prayer. Um, prayer for myself. On the board, as we look, uh, we are continuing. Um, we are, as, as I said earlier, we're extremely sorrowful that Pastor Eric and Katie are moving on. Um, God didn't ask my permission. Um, <laughs> otherwise, I'd have told him no. Uh, but uh, we're, uh, we, we affirm that they're, call, they're, they're fulfilling the call that God's placed on their life, and we're grateful for that. Um, and we are now in the process of, of searching for someone to, to serve and to fulfill that place on our team on a full-time basis. So we would appreciate your prayers as we look for that and that God will lead us. And uh, we want someone who loves Jesus more than anything. That's the first criteria I put on any staff member 
uh, that works for me is you're going to be a person of integrity and love Jesus more than you love anything else. And uh, that's in the job description, and believe it or not. That's the very first thing. And so we are uh, really praying that God will bring that person to us as, uh, as time continues. Amen. And do that quickly. That would be awesome. want to uh, draw your attention to the Scripture this morning. If you have a copy of the Scripture, turn with me to Hosea. The book of Hosea, chapter 1. This morning I want us to talk about this subject of wholehearted. Wholehearted. This week has been a um, fairly busy week, but in my devotion time, God has really been hammering me with the great things of how much He loves us. Today, if you walk, when you walk out of this place this morning, I want you to understand, it is my uh, sincere prayer and desire that you understand that concept. If you get nothing else today at all, if you hear nothing else that I say, I want you to understand this truth. God loves you. He is crazy about you. It's not just something that, you know, God doesn't just come up and kind of put his arm, kind of one of those homey kind of handshakes and kind of slap you on the back and say, love you, man. God is crazy, wonderful, intensely in love with you. And I want you to understand that concept today. As we look at this thing of, of wholehearted, um, I, I want us to understand that sometimes I think we don't quite as as men, as humans, we have a hard time with that definition. And I, I wanted to define that to us this morning. It's, the definition of wholehearted is this, showing or characterized by complete sincerity and commitment. I'm going to read that again. Showing or characterized by complete Complete. If you're wholehearted and, and you are all in, you are complete in your sincerity and your commitment. The Bible talks about this idea of wholeheartedness and wholehearted devotion to God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 5 says this, that you should love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. Jesus also emphasized this passage in the Gospels. It talks about in Jeremiah 29, 13, it says that when we seek after God with all of our heart, we find Him. There's another passage, it's Matthew 6, It says, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. There's a concept here. There's a, a thread throughout Scripture Scripture that speaks to this idea of us being wholehearted with all my heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Seek after God with all your heart. That means you are all in complete wholehearted. I think of, of Scripture as, as I look through this, men like the 12 disciples who are willing to leave it all to follow Jesus. Leaving occupation, family, left everything to follow Christ. Paul turned away from this illustrious career as the Sanhedrin mobster to follow after Jesus. 
Men and women throughout Scripture who would give up comfort. They would give up security. They would give up their very lives in order to follow God and obey His command. To be honest with you, as I read throughout Scripture, it challenges me. Do I have the same attitude in my life? I wonder sometimes when it comes to our walk with God, are we all in? The Bible says that in the last days, people will turn selfish. I'm paraphrasing. paraphrasing. They'll turn selfish and only look to please themselves. Not wanting to listen to truth, but only to have their ears tickled with what they want to hear. A pleasant little message. But believe me, as I read through Scripture, I understand there's this idea of a commitment. There's idea of wholehearted, all in, and it's a 24-7 mindset. And I'm going to be honest, all of us in this room, including the one you're looking at right now, fall short sometimes. But today, I want to help us. I want to give us some markers to look for, some things that we can kind of think about as we navigate so that we don't lose heart. And we understand not only God's love for us, but that we can reciprocate that love back to him. In the book of Hosea, chapter 1, I want us to read this chapter here together, the, most, the biggest part of it. We'll start in verse 2. It says this, when the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblium, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre at Jezreel, and I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day, I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, name her Lo-Ruhamah, which means not loved. For I will no longer show love to Israel that I should at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to Judah and I will save them, not by bow, sword, or battle, nor or by horses and horsemen, but I, the Lord their God, will save them. After she weaned Lo-Ruhamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, call him Lo-Ami, which means not my people, for you are not my people and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, they will be called children of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will come together and they will appoint one leader and will come out of the, out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. Father, today I, I pray that as we look at this depiction in Scripture, God, that you would speak to us this morning. Holy Spirit, I feel your presence here today. I feel the love of God in this place. And I pray that you would just draw us to the Savior. May our hearts be open to what you want to say and our ears attentive to what you're saying to us this morning. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. This will probably be a little bit of a, maybe a difficult sermon to take notes on, only because I don't have like three points in a poem. Um, my homiletics teacher would probably not be really appreciative of this, but that's okay. I quit getting the grade a long time ago. <laughs> but there's some principles here that I want us to hear and understand this morning. And number one is this. If we're going to be wholehearted, it takes commitment. It takes commitment. What a beautiful depiction of this here in Hosea. God tells Hosea to pick a wife that's a prostitute. God tells Hosea to pick a wife that's a prostitute. So Hosea picks Gomer and Shazam. They have three kids together. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Each has a name that depicts Israel's fall from God's favor. It's an analogy of how Israel said they loved God, but chased after other things. Gomer marries Hosea, but still chased after and prostituted herself with other men. I don't think that there's one person in here today who would think that that is a good idea. Matter of fact, I would guess that there's not a person who would wish for that to happen to them. In fact, your relationship would be pretty much ruined if that was taking place without the grace of God intervening like it did here. Yet this was a picture for Israel in the time of Hosea. The Bible says that God is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. He doesn't want to share you. God doesn't like sharing his affection that you give him. He doesn't want you to have split affection personalities. He wants you to go after him with all of your heart and him alone. In fact, the Ten Commandments depict this. Exodus chapter 20, verses 4 through 6, talk about the fact that there should be no other idols and no other gods before him. He says this, I am a jealous God. I punish sin to the, for the parents for three to four generations of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Those who are going wholehearted after him. See, wholehearted love and devotion takes a commitment and a desire to love. It takes a commitment and a desire to place honor. A commitment and a desire to place importance to seek after and to long to be with. This analogy here just fits so perfectly in a marriage relationship. When my wife and I started dating, um, we lived, or I, I should say I lived, I was going back to college, and I lived 400 miles away from her. That's six hours if you mostly obey the speed limit. We didn't have Facebook. We didn't have FaceTime. Matter of fact, I never saw her face except for the picture she gave me that I put beside my bed. There was no video chat. We didn't have texting. The only thing we could do was talk on a telephone that was connected to the wall 
and that charge that seemingly was like $50 a minute. I just knew I didn't want to be apart from her. So I would travel that interstate, those 400 miles, every other weekend for an entire school year. And then I decided it's cheaper if we just got married. <laughs> what are you doing this, this weekend, baby? You wanna... <laughs> I'm kidding. It didn't quite work that way. I would leave on a Friday, come back on a Sunday night. Why? Because I couldn't stand the thought of being apart from her. Can I ask this question? We, we relate to that, I think, in some ways. But how come when we feel like God's a million miles away, we don't pursue him in that way? How come we don't long to be with God that way? Why is it that whenever we find ourselves missing services or missing times of devotion or, or times of where we together or in individually even come near to God, why is it that whenever those times happen, we typically sometimes don't long to get back into that habit, we don't long to go back after God, and we are quick to go chase after other things? It's because our heart's not devoted. Not all in. The passage in Hosea depicts this same image. Gomer was with Hosea, but she still chased after other things. And that's what God was saying to Hosea. He told him in verse 2, he says, Go and marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her, for like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. Check our commitment level to God. If we're going to be wholehearted in love and devotion with the Lord, we've got to make sure that we're checking our commitment level and going after God. I love, turn, turn the page over um, into chapter 3, if you will, of Hosea. I love this passage. It says this, the Lord said to me, verse 1, Go show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Verse 2, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a, leith, uh, a lethic of barley. Then I told her, you are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. There are two phrases in this passage that as I was reading this this week, and the Lord brought me to this chapter this week, really jumped off the page to me. The first phrase is this, go show your love to your wife again. Go show your love to your wife again. When God created us, there was this essence the Bible talks about that whenever we were in the Garden of Eden with God, everything was amazing. Man was walking with God in the cool of the day. Everything was awesome. And then man decided that they wanted to get away from their wholehearted commitment and chase after something else. Because of that, 
sin came into the world. Before sin came in, man, there was fellowship, there was relationship, there was a love for God and a God that had and, and that desire for God to walk with us in the cool of the day, and then we messed everything up. I wonder if we realize how much God loves us and that we mean everything to God. I'm not sure sometimes we do. He says, go show your love to your wife again. I'm telling you, here's a depiction, a beautiful depiction of God and us. We had sinned against God. We had chased after other things. But God in his love shows his love to us again and again and again and again. And again, I think back to when my wife first told me that she loved me. Oh, that was amazing. It was really awesome. You know why it was awesome? Because I loved her a whole lot sooner than she loved me. I pursued her. I wasn't letting her get away. It was almost instantaneous for me. But she wasn't all in at first. But when she finally said those words, man, it did something in me. I remember important moments in our life. I remember important times in our life. Our first date, our first kiss, although she'd probably like to forget it. I, 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 I remember... I remember our, our wedding. I remember all those great things, everything along the way. Why is that the case? Because I love her. and I couldn't imagine my life without her. I struggle with the thought now that God loves me infinitely more than my wife does. God loves me infinitely more than my parents love me. Think of the love that you have for your kids. Think of the love that you have for your spouse. Think of the love you have for your family. Think of the love that you have for the people around. And it doesn't even hold a candle to how much God loves you. In fact, as I read this passage in Hosea, not only does God love me, and I take this passage that says, go show your love to your wife again, that passage that is so real right there, the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart, and he said this, I am pursuing you. I take everything I can to go after you. I want you in my life. I want to be a part of your life. And as you read this entire scripture, you will find God going over you time and time again that nothing can separate his love from us. Nothing in heaven and earth, no, heaven, no hell, no demon, no angel, nothing can separate God's love from you. And he pursues you with passion. He pursues you with that love. And then it's up to us. Do we reciprocate that passion? Do we reciprocate that love? That's the all in. God wants us to be wholehearted. He pursues us in a way to draw us to himself. But it must be our desire. It must be our commitment. 
our love to really experience the intimacy and the abundant life that God wants for us and go after Him. I could have done everything to show Crystal that I loved her, but if she didn't reciprocate that, then there's no relationship. And the same is true for us with God. God gives us every means possible and shows us that he loves us. But if we don't reciprocate that love, there is no relationship. That's why when you read in Matthew, and there's a passage of Scripture in Matthew that is really, uh, it's really telling on this. It's in the Sermon on the Mount, and it says this, even, Lord, Lord, didn't we come to you and, and cast out devils and heal the sick and do all these wonderful things in your name? And he's going to look at these people one day, and he's going to say, depart from me. Why? Because I never knew you. I went after you time and time again. You did all these great things, but you never had relationship. You did all these great things. And I pursued you, but you never reciprocated that and pursued me. God tells Hosea to go to his, to his wife. God continually goes to us every day. I'm going to challenge you that there are signs in your life every day if you're paying attention that God put there to connect with you. He's showing you his love. Here's the second phrase that I really, it just really jumped off the page, and I'd never seen it before until now because I never combined the two thoughts together. He said this, go show your love to your wife again. And then the next verse, he says this, so I bought her. So I bought. Hosea went out and purchased his his wife. Oh, you see where I'm going with this. That God loved you so much that he went out and bought you. He sent his son to die on a cross to buy you. And you are bought with the blood of Jesus. He took your sins so that you could have relationship with him. Oh, man, I heard this amazing analogy last night, and it it just stuck in my heart. It says this, Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you because you deserved it. He didn't just die for you. He died as you, purchased and paid for in full. We've been bought, man. God loved us so much that he laid down his son. The father laid down his son. Jesus died so that we could have life in him. We could have relationship. We could know what that abundant life is. So then why sometimes is our commitment, our wholeheartedness waver? Maybe it's the reasons that There's probably as many reasons for that maybe as there are people in the room today. But I think there's one factor that kind of comes back to. And there's probably more than that, but there's one I want to hit on today. And that's this, because wholeheartedness takes effort and time. Wholeheartedness takes effort and time. Your commitment in this will involve effort. 
it's not just going to happen. <laughs> if I didn't make those trips home every weekend, every other weekend, um, this may not have happened. It was effort. Gas, thank the Lord, gas was only 78 cents a gallon back then. But it was effort. I think of things in life as, as you show. Think just in your everyday relationships that you have with people around you. If you want to uh, have friends, the Bible says you've got to show yourself friendly. If you're going to do that, it takes effort. If you're going to show love to people around you, it takes effort. It doesn't usually just happen. You make a conscious effort to seek after God. You make a conscious effort to pray. You make a conscious effort to read your Bible. You make a conscious effort to get to church so that you can be encouraged and so you can encourage and serve other people who need you. You make a conscious effort to put God first. I think in our minds we want to be more committed to Jesus, but perhaps our effort is not in conjunction with your mind. Our schedules, our attention spans, our family, our stuff, our life tends to get in the way. And as a Christian, you probably never admit that you love other things more than you love God. But your lack of effort in kingdom things, your lack of effort in commitment to spiritual growth, your lack of effort of devotion, your lack of effort to just love God with all your heart, say something different. There was a song that we sang when I was a teenager, and it's just been in my spirit all, all week, really. And I just want to share that song with you. It's just a, a course, it's a worshipful course we sang in church. It just says this, With my whole heart, I'm going to love you with my whole life. I'll live it for you. Take my heart, every sacred part, wholehearted in love with you. I wonder, do we sing songs like that? But the effort... To live that way is not there. Effort's the first place to start when it comes to being wholehearted in our devotion to the Lord. So I challenge you with this thought today as we get ready for prayer. Pastor Eric, would you come? How much effort are you putting into your relationship with Jesus? How much effort are you putting into your relationship with Jesus? Again, I want you to know God loves you so much. He's jealous for you. He is so passionate about you. If God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. And he loves you that much. And I wonder in our life, where our effort level is, where our commitment level is to this idea of being all in and wholehearted with Jesus.
I'm not going to stand up here and tell you that I'm perfect. And that there aren't times when I blow it and times when I, you know, miss and go after other things. But I pray with all my heart that every time that happens, the Holy Spirit draws me back to that place. Because like I said, God continues to show love to you over and over and over and over and over. So this morning, the challenge is out there. Where are you? On this idea of being wholehearted with Jesus. Father, today, today, Lord, I just pray. We sing songs of worship, wholehearted in love with you. We see songs of praise. Your name is a strong and mighty tower. God, I know that you are, you inhabit the praises of your people, and I'm grateful for that, Lord. But God, I don't want to be someone who praises the Lord with my mouth, but my heart is far from him. I want to be all in. I want to give you all completely. God, today, as, as we worship in these closing moments, as we praise you in these closing moments, Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you're drawing people to you, to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. I want to invite you right now just to stand. And would you, with your heads bowed, your eyes closed, we're going to focus on the Lord right now. I want you to worship with us. Pastor Eric's going to lead us in a song. Lord, I give you my heart. And as he leads us in this song, I want you to worship God. I want you to praise him. I invite you to close your eyes, to bow your heads, to not look around, and to get your focus only on him right now. And if that's your desire, to give him your heart, to give him everything, would you make that a prayer? Would you make that worshipful song a prayer this morning? Hallelujah. Pastor Eric, would you lead us? Come on, church, let's worship. Let's give him praise.